0: Thank you so much for joining the Abundant Beauty Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Schuyler, and I love everything beauty business. I love the business side of the salon industry, the spa industry, and I'm here to talk about that with you. If you are in the industry and you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get a hold of me. I am loving talking to people of all areas. In this industry and would love to interview you on my podcast. Thank you so much. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining the Abundant Beauty Business Podcast. This is Jessica Schuyler and I am so excited to be here today. So one of the things that I've been hearing people talk about in recent days has actually been mindset. So I spend a lot of time talking about how to grow your Instagram following, how to, you know, these little like tips and tricks and hacks and all these little kind of um you know, physical things you can do to grow your online following in order to grow your business. You know, and I talk about the importance of being consistent online, the importance of being consistent with your guests. And it is really true, like these are all really important. But one of the things I'm going to talk about today <clears throat> is a mindset and having a mindset of abundance. And this is why I name my episode or my podcast, The Abundant Beauty Business. This is why my coaching program is called The Abundant Beauty Business. Because I really believe that unless we have a mindset of abundance, we are not going to live in abundance and we are not going to create it for ourselves. So there are so many different um, things that you can do to change your mindset. And they're really also very practical. So I have this book that I got. It's, you've probably heard of it. It's called, You Are a Badass at Making Money. And they talk about these, she just talks about having a money mindset. And she just kind of talks about how crazy it is that we live the way we do and live in this place of lack where we're constantly like, trying to save money. Like if you go out to eat and there's like a valet, but you want to save the $5. So you walk nine blocks in your favorite shoes. It's like all of these little things. Like I'm not saying you should always like pay for a valet. But a lot of times it's, it's, it's just this mindset that we're nervous about living in this abundance. You know, like we don't, we don't know... Oh (laughs) shh! I'm leaving that on. My cat. I just put up these shelves behind my desk, and my cat is learning how to climb them. And he just fell off one and landed basically on the microphone. So anyway, that was that was kind of hilarious. He's living, he's living his best life. He's in abundance. He does not believe that there are any limitations. And sometimes what you'll learn is you will run into them and you will run into walls and then what you do, you just keep going, right, Waldorf? So, okay. There are mindset changes you can make. If you don't believe you deserve money, if you don't believe that you can have money, I really think that you should buy this book personally. It's Jensen Sincero. You are a badass at making money. And they, they talk about how you know we think people that have money are greedy. We think they're, you know, all the all of these kind of like things that we didn't really think were our personal beliefs. We thought they're real. But she suggests that we start kind of pulling them apart and unpacking them and finding out what our actual beliefs are. You know, like what if you had a bunch of money, would you all of a sudden turn into a greedy a-hole or would you then be able to like help a whole bunch more people because you had more money. You know, I donate every month um, to the Second Harvest Food Bank. If I had, you know, a million more dollars, I would probably donate way more money to them. (laughs) It's a fine thing, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to be a jerk, but we live in lack rather than living in abundance. And this in the beauty business translates into eventual burnout, in my opinion, Because somebody will call and they'll say, Oh, actually, I have an example. I decided to stop working on Saturdays. I really don't like it. Um, People cancel more on Saturdays, especially. Well, now that I'm in Minneapolis, it's a little warmer than Duluth, but in Duluth, which is right on Lake Superior, if it was a nice day, it was very rare. So everyone would cancel. And so I would have like one appointment and then I'd have like two hours of cancellations, then another appointment. Anyway, i decided to quit working saturdays i had a client message me send me an email and say i decided i'm not going to come to you anymore because you're not working saturdays um please let me know if you start working saturdays again and i show i was like no i'm not going to right away you know nope okay okay thanks for letting me know i'll let you know And my husband was like, you're missing out on that money because he was an every three-week customer. You're missing out on that money because you're not go in. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna live in this lack. Like, I'm not going to live in fear of not having the money. So there's a difference. Like, if somebody is a really great client and you know that they're like a real, like if they're in a position where they really need you, you know, like I've come in extra or squeezed somebody in um, for emergency things. Like one of my clients had lost her job and she had this interview coming up and it was out of the blue. She didn't know she was going to need to come in. So she hadn't scheduled ahead and I really love her. So I was willing to make it work, you know, or a funeral or something, you know, like things where people just really need you and you love them. And then that's not actually living in lack. I believe that is just being a generous person and, you know, showing up for people. However, every time Susie calls you, and she never books ahead, and she knows you're going to be booked out, or you tell her you will, and she's like, "Oh, I just never know what my schedule is going to be." And then she calls you. She's like, "I really need to get in this week because I'm going out of town on a vacation, and i I really need my roots time before I go. So you don't have any openings. So can you? Is there a way that I can get in? nope. Sorry, Susie. You probably planned this vacation six months ago. You knew you were going to be leaving and you just actually don't respect my time that much. That's really what that comes down to. Like you really just think I'm going to stop everything and maybe not spend time with my family, you know, not have my me time, not do the things that I want to do because you don't want to make plans. And that's actually, in my opinion, just disrespectful. So anyway, these are different ways that living in lack and being afraid of not having enough are going to end up causing us to be in burnout and having us not enjoy our career, not enjoy our lives, and eventually maybe quit doing hair. So as an owner, I run into this I've run into this before too. Um, I will want to not work with a stylist who's renting a chair because her rent money is actually one of my budgets, you know, budgeting factors. And that is true. You know, like I really do budget my salon based on these people that are paying rent. So one of the renters, let's say, for example, is, is very negative. You know, she's got cons constantly. She's worried about what's happening in her health. She's going to the doctor and it's, it's like all she'll talk about to her clients. She's worried about money. She's on the phone loudly with people about money while other stylists are working. Um, Maybe, like, then she's going to, like, do her hair in her chair while other stylists are trying to, like, do their client's hair. You know, like, there's all these things happening that aren't huge, but when they're piled together, like, oh, my gosh, they're not – they're not good. And then you know that that chair is being taken up by this person – But yet you, so you don't have room for another person. You're know, you not making this room, even mentally, for the right person. And I also think, to be honest, I had stylists that left because that energy was the way it was when she was there. So actually, my fear of losing that rent money actually cost money to me. It did not save me anything. It was just my fear and my living in lack and my fear of opening up and letting go of something that's not working in order to make room for that abundance that kept me stuck. And that is this energy that will keep you stuck. If you're afraid of moving forward because you're afraid of budgeting or you're afraid, you know, of taking a risk. And I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow that you've never, you know, and start a business that you don't have any clients for and that you don't, you know, if you're in a new town, you don't have any clients, you don't have any money, don't like quit your job to start a business. But I do not want to see you afraid to set really lofty goals for yourself, break them down and make them workable and move towards them. You know, when I started, when I decided, and this is an example, um, when I work with people, I do have them setting these goals and making these, you know, lofty um, projections for their lives. So, I decided I wanted to own my own salon. And this was when I was still renting a chair, and I for sure wanted to start my own salon. So I started doing things like, um, I would look on like my neighborhood when there were things for sale and there was this little cabinet and I was like, oh my gosh, this cabinet is for coffee. When people come in, it's where I'm going to keep all the coffee. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to buy this cabinet. It's down the street. I need you to help me because he has a car that could fit it. And he was like, what do you want it for? I don't want it in the house. I was like, no, 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 no. It's for my salon. (laughs) He's Like, um, Jessica, you don't have a salon. Oh no, but I'm going to where, I don't know. It hasn't come yet but when it comes, I want to be ready and I'm going to have this. This is what I'm going to have in there. And so I started kind of doing little things like that. You know, I started kind of setting my mind up and I would be like, this is for my salon. And it was a salon I didn't have. I did not know where it was going to come from. I didn't know where it was going to be, but I knew I needed to be ready when it appeared. And that was what I did. I bought towels I had them in my closet <laughs> in this stack these brand new nice towels i had already for my salon you know somebody was getting rid of a styling chair and i was like sure i'll take it um i put it in the basement for what for my salon you know and i never actually even ended up using that chair when i did so this is what ended up happening i was ready and i was so done with where i was working that I had started talking to another salon and talking to them about the circumstances where I was. And it was just, it wasn't terrible where I was, but the owner lived in huge lack and she was really fearful. Like she didn't really want me, I was a renter, but she didn't really want me working when she wasn't there. So she saw that I was working, she would always show up. And like, it was really odd. Like I have a camera at my salon, but I don't really use it that much, but it's not like I need to like always show up when everybody's there to feel. Anyway, she was really worried about money. She didn't want to raise her prices because she thought she'd lose her clients, yet she like hated working. She hated it as far as I could tell. She hated everything about working, but didn't change anything because of fear. So anyway, I went to this other business, and these two people were great. They had, they had really perfect prices for themselves, these two owners they had perfect price points for their own businesses. They worked exactly the days they wanted to work. They worked together. They, they had like this great life. They loved their business. They loved the salon and they wanted me to work days. They weren't there because the salon was small and they were just, I mean, they would, it would have, I would have loved working there. They were great people. And they said to me, when I kind of started telling them about my salon, they said, I'm not They said, We don't necessarily need you to work for us. We would like it. They said, But we really think that you should leave the place you're working. It's not healthy. And we don't want you there. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh. And they just were amazing. So anyway, I was set. I was going, I was already like telling my clients I was moving. I was, you know, getting this shift happening. And then I saw a salon for sale on Craigslist. The salon was for sale. So I like, oh my gosh, that's my salon. And before that, and this would be like the day before that, I think, my a girl came in to the salon that I was leaving, looking to work there. And she said, well, my salon's closing, I think. So I'm, I think I'm going to have to move. And I was like, oh, really? Where is it? And she told me. And I, in my mind was like, I'm going to own that salon and you're going to stay there. And it was just this like weird kind of premonition. But I didn't really think about it. You know, I left there. I went and looked at this other place I was going to go work and I went and talked to these other owners. And then it was about three or four days later that I saw this ad on Craigslist. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think that's the salon where this girl works. So I called the number, went there, and I was like, yes, this is it. This is the salon. The woman had, um, decided to stop being a salon owner. She just wanted out. She had renters that were there that were willing to move the, to the new owner, which was ended up being me. And I ended up calling this salon that I was going to go move to and telling her, I was like, I just, I loved your space. I just want you to know I'm not going to come work for you, but I wanted to tell you why, because you guys were so cool. And she said this, this, um, I texted her this little thing and she said, this text made my week. I'm of course sad that you're not coming, but I'm so happy for you. And anytime you need to call or ask me questions, you can. And it was just this really like that. I, you know, I just look to people like her as what I want to be like, you know, this is how I want to run my business. This is how I want to show up. I want to live in abundance you know, and that's what I felt like this woman was doing. She wasn't afraid of not having the money, but she was also not afraid to charge her worth. You know, she wasn't afraid to ask for what she needed and work the days that she needed. And she knew that the clients that were going to be her perfect clients were going to be there on that day. They were going to show up and they do, you know, she's got a great clientele and her and her partner work together. She does I can't remember which one of them does cutting or coloring, but one of them does one and one of them does the other, and they share almost one hundred percent of their clients. And it's just a really great um, it's a great op- it's a great situation. And you know, and when you're in a situation like that where you've really created a space that works for you, you don't burn out and you don't hate it and you don't wish you could do anything else. And when I see people starting to say, oh, I've worked so much, I'm booked out six weeks or three months and I, I don't have any room for new clients. So it's not that. I'm like, yeah, it is that. If you have three months of people booked out, you're way, you need to raise your prices. Your your prices are way too low and, and you're probably way too available. Like You probably like need to make shifts. And I'm not saying don't be proud of yourself for being so good that you have all these clients. But if you're on burnout, you need to change something or you're not going to want to do hair. And that's just the way it is. You know, that's just the way it is. I just opened this book by Jensen Zarrow and she said one of the quotes that's highlighted is, You can't do anything if you try to do everything. And I just think that's so true. Like right now, I'm working Monday through Thursday. This is my kind of perfect schedule. I'm working Monday through Thursday. And I don't work past, I don't think, right now it's 7 p.m. And, you know, that's just the way that it is. And I'm working on building my employees because I own my salon. It's really, anyway, it's really great. So, (laughs) and this is, okay, overwhelm. When you make an unhelpful decision to stop breathing, lose perspective, and forget You're in control of your life. That she says is the definition of overwhelm. And this isn't decision. And that's like the most important thing she says here. When you make the unhelpful decision to stop breathing. And that, can you imagine a time right now, like just saying that, where like something happened and you're afraid it's not going to turn out right. Or you're afraid that something's going to go away. Or you feel like you need to protect yourself. That's that feeling of lack. And that's one way almost to identify it when you're going there. Are you breathing? Did you just stop breathing? Because your body knows. That's so good. When you make the unhelpful decision to stop breathing, lose perspective. Just like when I kept a stylist who wasn't serving the salon at all because I thought that if I lost her money, I wouldn't be okay. You want to know what gave me the perspective finally kicked my ass into the perspective that I needed? It was the shutdown. I lost all the money. Every penny of money was gone that I could bring into the salon, you know, except a couple of people buying retail and being amazing. But I lost all the money. And that actually kicked me into perspective. Because I would go into the salon, which I had turned into a sewing factory. In the morning, I would go in there and start sewing the mask orders that I had gotten all day, all night. I had so many. It was great. Thank you so much to all the clients and friends who bought those. But I went in to sew and I realized the salon felt peaceful. And I realized the thought of bringing all the same people back into that space were was horrifying to me. I was like, I don't care. I don't care if I lose that money. I do not need it that bad. I just don't need it that bad. And that's what made my decision to stop. So that's kind of interesting how if we're living in lack, the universe will kick our ass out of it if it has to, you know, but if you were to just trust your instincts and trust the universe and trust that the right people are going to show up. And I can also show you a whole bunch of things to put the correct, um, put things in place. You know, like I actually feng shui use feng shui to get my salon into a place where it attracts the people that I feel are going to be right to work there. And that's, that's a great way to do it. You know, I put fresh flowers on the station where I want someone working so that there's life there. All these kind of cheesy things I do, but they actually work because they change your mindset and they help you to be ready for the right person. And they also put you in a place where you're not afraid to say no to something that's not right and that's not a fit. So when you make the unhelpful decision to stop breathing, lose perspective And forget you're in control of your life. So that is a really good. And then she goes into ways of how to exactly beat this beast of overwhelm, which that's one of the things when stylists are like, I'm so sick of this. I'm burning out. I have way, you know, I'm great. I don't know. I should be grateful because I have so many clients. It's not that we shouldn't be grateful when we have so many clients. But are we charging our worth? Are we afraid to raise our prices? Are we, do we feel guilty? That's a big one. Oh, but my clients have been with me for so long. They're so loyal. You know, guess what? You can go to coffee with them if they can't afford your prices. And then you're not going to be resentful that you're doing all of these favors for people all the time. You know, they're taking money away from your, like what? Maybe your kids are in sports, you know, your kids need new cleats for soccer or you want to, you know, maybe like you have old furniture in your living room and you really want to upgrade, but you keep giving Debbie 50% off because whatever, you know, no, stop it, stop it right now. So anyway, that is a really thing where we assume that we assume things about other people. We make assumptions about how much money other people have. We make assumptions about what they are or are not willing to do, what they are or are not willing to afford. And we also make assumptions that if we lose a client, it's not just making room for our perfect guest. So there's a lot of things here. In this book, I actually have a friend who is a musician and she's builds her music business and she and I would meet before the pandemic. We would meet once a week and we would go through chapter by chapter of this book. And it is a really good idea. I highly suggest doing that and finding people who have, who want to live in abundance or are working through their money problems that you can work through this stuff with and not getting stuck listening to people who are living in lack and are going to tell you that it's not going to work that is not going to be helpful and unfortunately those people might be your immediate family sometimes like for me sometimes my husband is he has a great job he loves his job he works for a great company that treats him really well so when i tell him things like i'm going to quit my job and open a business you know his first response isn't, "Oh, that's a great idea." You know his response is generally like, "What? <laughs> like, that sounds terrible." You know, or, "Oh, my client, my renter who pays all a significant amount of the rent, I'm gonna, I'm going to ask her not to return." It's like, "What? <laughs> you know, it's not, and it's not that he lives in lack. It's." his mindset isn't as much of an entrepreneurial mindset as mine. So I kind of need to get some perspective often from other people who are, you know, in the, who are also entrepreneurs, you know, you need to make sure that you have people around you who are going to be building businesses and living in this abundance mindset so feel free to message me if you need to talk about this stuff. You know, I'm on Instagram, Jessica Schuyler at, um, it's at Jessica Schuyler, um, Jessica I also have right now, I just, it's a pre-launch, but it is available for sale on my website for $19. A, um, a great zoom class that I did that you take a notebook with you when you sign up for it. You, it's a, um how to find your target market so that when you're talking and when you're visualizing, you can know exactly the person that you're talking to. And it's really good. And then there's also a free Instagram tips that you can just sign up. You can, um, you can just have, it's just a video. It's a quick little slideshow of different Instagram tips that will right away start shifting your Instagram, little things you can do. They're all on my website, but feel free to just contact me. I have two more people that I'm giving an hour, um, an hour consultation to right now for coaching. And that's huge. Like nobody gives a free hour, but I just feel like after the pandemic, people are in a really weird place and I have the ability to help. So I am. And that is a really important thing, like when we're doing this, like mindset, like lack and abundance is when we are in abundance and other people aren't, sometimes we do help them, you know, and we just do it. So if you're having, if this resonated with you and you feel like you could change your mindset to more of an abundant mindset, contact me, send me a DM and I will walk you through some steps and how to change your mindset. It is work. You do have to work to change your mindset. If you realize you're in lack, that's a great first step. But getting out of it, you have to unravel some things. And a lot of these are deep-seated beliefs. And I use meditation. I use yoga. um, I use journaling. And I also join masterminds and have coaching. These are all very, very important to get out of a mindset of lack so, if you need accountability, contact me. I do have a coaching program right now. It's usually, I, I try to do three month packages and they're usually $500 a month. So, that's $1,500 for three months. But right now, I'm just doing $250, and you get an hour of coaching in like on Zoom right now. And we do weekly follow ups. So, just Let me know what you need and we will work you through that. You know, I do have clients right now who are doing month by month and that also is really, it can be really effective if you're willing to kick ass during that month. You can definitely get one month and change a lot. So thank you so much for joining the Abundant Beauty Business Podcast. You can be abundant. And please don't be afraid to take the leaps to get there. And please don't be afraid to contact me. I also have a Facebook group called the Abundant Beauty Business. There's a link to it in my website as well. And take great care today. Be abundant. Enjoy yourself. Be thankful. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Abundant Beauty Business Podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Share this podcast. Tell friends in the beauty industry. You can also find the Abundant Beauty Business Facebook group. And please join. We love having community. We love making an amazing wonderful beauty industry that we can all share. So have a wonderful day. Be beautiful and be abundant.